gentlemen, welcome into episode 76 of the Get Around Podcast. We are officially 76ers. We did it. That's actually going to play into my answer in the trifecta later, by the way. Just wanted to throw that out there. That's the voice of friend of the show and co-host Harrison Beebe from 7 and 4. He joins us today. Also in the podcast studio, James Cook. And I'm your host, Brett Summers. Jake is... Probably drowning his sorrows away somewhere between Dr- Minneapolis drowning and Drowning is not too far off. I just checked his Snapchat. He's checking out sharks at some uh, aqu- aquarium over there in Minneapolis right now. So Okay. <laughs> so he hasn't started the trip back. Not yet. Not until nope. he saw this massive, like, uh, seesaw. See- what, what is the with the saw? The, the shark that has the saw at the head. Seesaw shark? No, what is that Isn't called? it just called the saw Sawtooth shark? Sawtooth shark or something? Sawtooth or maybe, shark. Maybe that's wow. what it is. I, I feel like I knew this answer. It's been a long a time kid. since I was in elementary biology or <laughs> just science class, Aquatic. I suppose it was called. Yeah. He told me he was going to stay for the game tonight, though. He hadn't sold his ticket. Okay. He's, he, he's going to stay. He's toughen it out. He, Ch- he, check that thing out. Woo. Nice. Saw shark attack. Jeez. He, he must have. That's uh, basically what happened to the Spartans <laughs> when they ran to Texas Tech on Saturday. So. Yeah, he, he must have just felt like he had to stay and try to enjoy himself rather than just worrying about making his money back after driving 10 hours through the night, not planning on seeing the semifinal and banking on the Spartans playing for a national title on Monday. Uh, This recording happening on Monday as well, uh, before the national title game. Uh, But But we don't care who wins. Actually, I do. If Texas Tech somehow won, I won the work pool. Ah. And if Virginia won, then Jake's roommate won. I'm I'm pulling for Tony Bennett, so I guess I'm... I don't really care. Pulling for Virginia tonight. I'm pulling for a good game. Yeah. With no controversial calls. Please. What did you guys think of that, by the way? Did, did you guys at all talk about the uh, last foul in the game? Did you at all make little, your conversation little, little public <laughs> on the Twitter sphere? <laughs> yeah, it was some hashtag podcast talk on the Should we just read through those? Twitter. Well, that, that might get a little uh, all right, we'll do it. less interesting. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, long story short, James didn't like the the foul call, uh, the the three point one. I mean, we're all in agreement that yeah. yes, the officials missed the double dribble. Very unfortunate for Auburn. Although to be fair, I don't know how many people realized that that was a double dribble in real time. You probably mean most people did not until they were going back to look at the other right call. Whoa, and you then, guys had fourteen replies to each other. I guess. I'm looking it up. Why didn't you just text? Well, I told I told you that this wasn't <laughs> that it, w- it wouldn't make sense to read them all on here. Jesus wow, James, that should not be a foul, Brett. I have to disagree, James. Absolutely <laughs> altered the shot. Got to go straight up. Definitely correct call, James. Interesting that all the folks that normally say let them play want to follow their contact didn't alter shot, Brett. Bunch of words, James. Response, Brett. Crying Bunch face emoji, James. Okay, <laughs> quotes. Let them play. Your call, Brett. Something with obvious in caps. Foul. James, nope, Brett, please post vid. James, uh, wet your whistle every 10 seconds. Want your whistle every 10 seconds? Brett, video clip of uh, actual foul or screen grab. James, yep, I'm not begging for a foul there. Wow. I'm surprised you guys are in the same room right now. It got pretty heated. Intense. But that's what sports is all about. Yeah, you live in the moment, you regret, and then you move on and you say, eh, well, Virginia's in the title game, who cares? One reply that I did want to make to you that I didn't, James, when you brought in Drew into the conversation, I wanted to say I see your Drew Peterson and raise you a Charles Barkley because he said that it was a foul and it you know, should have been a foul. I mean, let's address so. the matter at hand. Rasheed Wallace, the, the wise basketball master, once said the ball don't lie. I mean, could Kyle Guy have looked any more confident sinking three no, that was that was in clutch. that situation? That was, that was amazing. 81, 83%. It's not like he's automatic. It's only four out of five, and he hit yeah. all three, and you could see it on his face once the first you, one went did down. Did you guys happen to see the, the photos? I think they were screen grabs of the broadcast. Uh, I don't remember which Auburn player it was, but behind him on yeah. the three-point line, and he's holding up the choke symbol. And then fast forward a few frames after he's hit all three, and that guy's sitting on the floor, like, completely heartbroken <laughs> and sullen. It's like, dude, you can't, I mean... That was a great contrast just, in those yeah, photos. You're just, you're just opening yourself up to all kinds of criticism if you do something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a crazy finish. Crazy finish. That's well, it sucks to have a game of that importance come down to a controversial call, but 
I mean, that's just we what Bruce Pearl even what, said himself. Happened, we right? want we want the human error. I think he said that about the double dribble actually, but we want the human judgment to be in charge. We don't want replays and everything to define our sport. Then we're just you know dissecting every single thing that's done on every single playing field, and that's at the end of the day that does kind of take the fun away from it, even though it is maybe in a way entirely accurate. Yeah, kind of off tangent, but I'm not exactly looking forward to. NFL coaches being able to challenge called Replace, and non-called yeah. pass interference this fall. That That's going to slow the game down even more. Well, they don't get any more challenges than they got before. They're just what they can challenge is different. Oh. But then they can look at that with two minutes to go. Yeah. So those plays will yeah. become more prevalent. Yeah. Hey, I think the biggest controversy of the weekend was at WrestleMania last night. Ronda Rousey with her first wrestling loss to Becky Lynch. But it didn't look like there was a three count for any of you wrestling fans out there. I mean, who's the real women's champion right now? That feisty Irish woman, I tell you. Yeah, you know Becky Lynch? You've heard of her? Uh, I heard of her yesterday. I, ESPN had a feature on her. And her I, nickname's The Man. I, I saw She's that. She's The Man. And she pinned Ronda Rousey in a real sport. <laughs> <laughs> a real controversial sport. All right, before we go too much further down this rabbit hole... Uh, on this episode of the Get Around, uh, this is our girls' basketball all-region special. So we'll go through all five teams, uh, ending with the Dream Team Coach and Player of the Year. We've got an interview with our Player of the Year, somebody we've been trying to get on the podcast for quite some time. So excited about that. And then after the interview, our weekly Ask Tweet of the Week segment, the Get Around Hall of Fame uh, the trifecta and kind of, I guess you could rope WrestleMania in uh, to it a little bit as far as pro sports. I don't know feuds. what that has to do with the Seventy Sixers, but we'll find out. I don't know what anything has to do with the Seventy Sixers. Oh, would, you'll see. You're like Joel Embiid here or Jimmy uh, Butler. Yeah, kind of. You know, I I was thinking like, you know, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant at the end or something like that. You, I'm just saying you could tie the Rock it in. and Stone Cold. Sure. But uh, just because McMahon, th- this so cool. this week you had Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster from the Pittsburgh Steelers going back and forth at, uh, on Twitter, former teammates. Like you guys? Yeah, yeah. Th- they were a little less civil. Were they, were they arguing <laughs> about the foul call? The Kyle guy call? Then, of course, you had the Bleacher Report article last week uh, detailing the feud, I guess you'd call it, between Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy and how that ended. Yeah, but are we taking that. Bleacher Report seriously now? Because... Forever, I just well, thought that entirely, was kind of random no. online journalism. But there is no, there is no doubt that there was tension in that relationship. Well, Aaron Rodgers hates anybody that's even remotely <laughs> close to him. Like everybody's jumping ship now. So uh, the guy who wrote that article was a former Packers beat reporter. Okay, uh, but for whatever that's worth. But I just thought, you know, with those things kind of going on, there's, I mean, there's been a lot of feuds and. Well, they say Detroit versus everybody. It should probably be Aaron Rodgers versus everybody because he seems to find conflict in anyone he confronts. It's true. Ex girlfriends. He he's like Taylor Swift of the sports <laughs> scene, <laughs> except he's not weaving his career out of his breakups. I just saw the Taylor Swift Family Guy episode last night. It was pretty great. Family Guy's still on. Yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of knew that, but I didn't know what it has in about ten years. It has not been must see TV for me. The episode where she goes, she goes to prom with Chris after he asks her like over social media, and then afterwards she writes a song about it and rips on him. This is an old or new episode? I'm gonna guess that it's an old episode. Okay. Yeah, Taylor hasn't been big for a couple years now. Yeah. Yeah, not since the old Taylor died. Oh, that's what happened. Look what you made her do. <laughs> well, did Taylor Swift play high school girls basketball? Because if she did, I bet she would be a dream teamer for sure. I have no idea to the answer to that question. And then rip on all the rest of them. I'm just giving you a smooth transition to the, to the dream no, team. No, I know. I know. Let's get started with the fifth team. Central Lake forward Finch Vanneman, the junior. She nearly averaged a double-double with 13.1 points, 9.2 rebounds uh, on the season. She also contributed 2.3 assists, 2.1 steals, and was named to the Ski Valley's second team. Up next on the fifth team is Kalkaska junior guard Margaret Stosio. She averaged better than 15 points a game, helping the Blazers achieve a winning record in first-year coach Cassie Burkham's first season. Uh, She was honorable mention Lake Michigan Conference selection. 
Checking in with Traverse City Central guard Corinna Stewart, Central's biggest offensive threat, scoring 12.2 points a game while also grabbing eight boards. Stewart was named second team All-Big North Conference as well, so a worthy spot here on the All-Area team. A name I feel like I've been writing forever, I guess in terms of my tenure here at the Record Eagle, that's almost accurate. Uh, Bear Lake senior guard Haley May, uh, she led the Lakers to 15 wins and an undefeated West Michigan D-League schedule on 11.7 points, 6 rebounds, 1.5 assists per game. She was first team all-conference. Then we've got Buckley's sophomore guard, Shelby Cade. She led the Bears in scoring at 15.9 a game, uh, helped them win only their third district title in program history, also averaged uh, 4 rebounds, 2.4 assists, and was named second team all-Northwest conference. That's a fifth team. Harrison, let's shift into Team 4, fourth team. Uh, Olivia Lowe of Leland, this sophomore forward, was uh, it seemed like she was up for the uh, player of the week for the get-around uh, every other week. She was named Division 4, second team All-State, and a dominant second year uh, in the high school campaign with the Comets. Averaged a double-double with 17.5 points, 12.9 boards, 3.8 blocks, 3.2 steals, and named second team All-Northwest Conference. So uh, keep an eye on Miss Lowe as she continues her high school career. Now somebody who may not jump to the front of the radar just because of the, uh, unfortunately, the lack of team success for North Bay this past year, uh, but that had little to do with uh, junior guard Paige Kohler, uh, who put up some of the area's biggest scoring numbers this year, uh, despite everybody knowing she was the one who was going to be shooting for North Bay. She averaged 19.4 points, four steals, two assists per game. It was named first team All-Northwest Conference. Yeah, she's kind of like Trey Gilbert, I guess, in boys basketball, where he just kind of was just scoring points all over the all over the place. was one of the top – actually had the top scoring average in, among all of our players, but just from a smaller school. But, uh, Good <clears throat> comparison there, James. Uh, Austin DeWeese is up next on the fourth team junior center from Kingsley. Uh, didn't have gaudy numbers, nine and a half points a game, six rebounds, two blocks, uh, but she was really crucial on the defensive end for them, uh, you know, just being as how tall and long she is, uh, just uh, altered a lot of other teams' plans. Um, she was also named, uh, honorable mention, in the Northwest Conference. Uh, heading to the Big North Conference, Macy Brown, a sophomore forward, third player on the Vikings roster to average double figures in scoring 10.3 per game. She had eight rebounds, two assists, 1.3 blocks, and named second team all BNC, and uh, one of the f- several Vikings we're going to see here on the list as we count down. Yeah, the several Vikings that we're probably going to see again come this time next year. And the final member of the fourth team, Benzie Central, Sophomore guard Ellen Bretzky. Ellen was half of Benzie Central's sisterly backcourt, uh, which included Abby, who we'll probably hear from later. And uh, she helped the Huskies to a third-place Northwest Conference finish and 16 wins on the season. Bretzky averaged 11.7 points, 5.9 rebounds, 2.9 steals, 2 assists per game, and was named second-team All-Northwest Conference. James, go ahead and kick us off on the third team. First one on the third team is Frankfurt sophomore forward Reagan Thor. Um, just a sophomore, like I said, uh, she led Frankfurt to 13 wins this season and uh, winning record of the Northwest Conference, averaging 14.8 points, 4.5 boards, 1.5 steals, and an assist a game. She was named first team All-Northwest Conference. And, of course, who can forget her uh, memorable second half against Benzie Central? I think, what, what was it, 28 of her 34 in the second half in overtime or something like that to to knock off the Huskies late in the season, so definitely a player to keep our eyes on the next couple of years. Go ahead, Harrison. Uh, staying in the Northwest Conference, J.C. King, a senior, 12 points, 2.7 steals, 2.6 assists per game uh, for the district champion Stags, also named first team All-Northwest Conference. So a uh, very worthy spot for Miss King as she wraps up her high school career with a couple of great years uh, with the Kingsley Stags. Another senior, this time from uh, the Ski Valley Conference champion, Gaylord St. Mary, Livy Jeffers. Uh, led the Snowbirds to 22 wins in an undefeated conference schedule. She scored 15.1 points, f- had five steals, and 3.1 assists per game. She was named first team All-Ski Valley. Traverse City West senior forward Becca Borer was a double-double machine for Traverse City West this season, averaging 13 points, nine rebounds, two steals, and a block per game. She was one of the Titans' most consistent options, being named 
first team All Big North Conference as uh, TC West made a little bit of a resurgence this season. And back to Cadillac, Molly Anderson, the guard and sophomore, led the regional champion Vikings in scoring 15.6 points per game, 6.4 rebounds, 2.9 assists. Anderson also first team all Big North Conference to wrap up an impressive third team. Getting started with our second team, East Jordan junior forward Jaden Weber. She's one of the area's most aggressive and physical players, particularly at, you know kind of a combo guard, small forward position. Uh, great rebounder. She averaged 16.9 points, 9.1 rebounds for the Red Devils and was named first team All-LMC. Hey, look at that, another Cadillac player. McKenna Bryant, junior guard for the Vikings, uh, honored as a Big North Conference co-MVP. She averaged 12.8 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2.7 assists for the regional champions. Yeah, and she was definitely a, a big shot maker for that team, and she kind of dictated pace in those Viking games. So uh, it will be interesting to see how they play down the year. Elk Rapids, another great senior from the area. Kendall Brown, a defensive stalwart, patrolling the paint, letting few shots uh, get past her. Brown averaged four, 14 points, nine boards, and three assists on the year, helping the Elks win a district championship. She was also named first team All-Lake Michigan Conference as she wraps up her high school basketball career. Our first Manton Ranger on the all-region team, that's junior guard Abby Brown. Abby was the high-scoring shooting guard uh, for the Rangers' unbeaten Highland Conference run. She averaged a team-high 14.6 points per game to go with 3.8 steals, 3.4 rebounds, 3.1 assists, and even one block a game. Brown's a pretty uh, pretty popular name for all-region basketball players this season. It's the third one already. Rounding out the second team is uh, a freshman, Glen Lake. Guard Grace Bradford, her debut season, uh, she made an impact this year. Averaged a double-double with 13.1 points and 11 rebounds a game, plus an assist, steal, and block per game. She was named first-team All-Northwest Conference. Not sure there was a bigger impact freshman than Bradford this year. Nope. That was a great year uh, just for her to step up and, and really show that Glen Lake, it, you know, the two, obviously their streak to the Final Four runs and back-to-back years came to an end, but it just shows that they're going to reload and always have talented players ready to, to be have a shot at it. All right, before we run through our Dream Team members, I want to begin with the Coach of the Year, and we have selected Traverse City West's Doug Bauman. The rebuild isn't complete, uh, but Doug Bauman has led an impressive transformation in two years leading the Titans, highlighted by this season's 13-10 overall record and 7-3 second-place mark in the Big North Conference. That took the Titans from last to second, in the Big North, uh, they were in fact they were last each of the last two years. They won two playoff games this year before falling in the district championship game, and the thirteen victories is three more than the previous three years combined. This season was West's best since going undefeated in the BNC in 2014-15, when they finished seventeen and four overall. Yeah, at the just the transformation of that team. Transportation. No. Uh, just from the last couple of years. You know, they were just, you know, bottom dwellers in the Big North Conference. And for them to have not just a competitive season, but to be, you know, over 500, finish second in the conference, you know, that's just a heck of a job for somebody who took over a program in tough times, not only on the court, but off the court, you know, after the passing of Mike Wildey. Um, so, you know, the job that he's done there has just been a heck of a job there in a, in a year plus. Yeah, and I mean, big credit to Doug, too, because, you know, you look across the roster and a lot of these seniors that he had this year were girls who have been playing varsity for two or three years. And, you know, that speaks to his job as far as continuing continuing the development of these players because you don't just naturally go from last to second just because players get older. Yeah, a lot of things changed this year for West uh, that'll, that'll keep uh, that future optimistic. I think one of the most important things, they finally ended that losing streak to TC Central. Uh, that had been years in the making, so they finally got that monkey off their back this year and, yeah, continuing to build off the success that Doug's laid the foundation for. All right, first up on the Dream Team is Manton junior guard Jaden Wilder. Uh, she, she just possesses a rare level of court vision, setting up her teammates just for, for success all over Uh she averaged 12.2 points, 4.9 rebounds, 4.5 assists, and 2.8 steals during the Rangers' run to an undefeated Highland Conference season. 
Yeah, Jaden Wilder, just whenever I got to shoot her games, you would always notice, you know, her dictating tempo on the floor, her vision, her awareness, offensively, defensively. She made a big impact on all things man basketball, so it's not a shock to me to see you guys decided to put her in on this dream team. Yeah, that game that she had when they knocked off Glen Lake, that was uh, that was something. Um, you know, just kind of came in and took control of the game. I mean, Glenn Lake kind of focused on Abby Brown a lot, and Jane Wilder Wilder made him pay for that. You could just tell certain things about her game. It just showed that she was kind of a notch above most everybody else on the court, and I think that paid off. Another guard on the Dream Team, Rebecca Ross from Gaylor, named Co-Player of the Year MVP for the Big North Conference with McKenna Bryant from Cadillac earlier. Averaged 19 points, 4 rebounds, 2.1 steals, 1.5 assists, per game, and another girl kind of like Wilder earlier that just kind of dictated tempo and pace and delivered some big shots and big plays for the Blue Devils that uh, no doubt get her to this this spot here on first team. Kingsley guard Brittany Bowman moving up from the second team last year to the dream team this year. She's just a junior. Brittany paced the Stags to a 19-win season, averaging 12 points, 2.5 assists, 2 steals per game. She was named first team All-Northwest Conference. And, I mean, I'm just as excited to see her upcoming track season as I was to watch her play basketball because, I mean, for as small as she is, she is one of the area's most dynamic athletes across Pretty good the hurdler. Yep. Yes, j- leaping, jumping, uh, playing basketball fast. I mean, she, and she she's a great addition to the volleyball all. team, too. Yes. be a player of the year candidate, uh, if not this year, maybe next. Benzie Central senior Abby Bretzky, the, uh, the second half of that duo we mentioned before, is on the dream team. Uh, she was a catalyst for Benzie Central this season, helping the Huskies to 16 wins on 15.3 points a game, 7 rebounds, 3.7 steals, and 3.5 assists. She was named first team All-Northwest Conference. I mean, that, those are just good numbers in every one of those categories. It's just Against a conference just, just loaded with quality opponents. Yeah. Uh, you know, they took Cadillac to the wire in the district championship. Took Glen Lake to the wire in a regular season game. They got a win over Kingsley. So a great resume building season for Benzie and all the girls that were a part of uh, some of those strong, strong efforts, either in a win or a loss. Definitely showed a tough team to play on yeah. a random night of basketball. Yeah, and Abby was just, you know, the girl that oppo- opposing coaches had to game plan for because she has the ability to pick you apart. That leaves our player of the year, uh, someone who has been at the top of our list in terms of candidates for this award each of her previous two high school basketball seasons and this year. Uh, Charlevoix junior forward Elise Stuck finally breaks through as our player of the year. She's been on the dream team each of the last two years. Uh, this season she averaged 21 points, 10.2 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 2.2 steals, 2 blocks per game, and also helped the Raiders to an undefeated Lake Michigan conference she was first team all Lake Michigan. And for the third year running, she was first team all state. Congratulations, Elise, for being our 2018-19 Girls Basketball Player of the Year. This all-region special brought to you by Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. And, of course, we had Elise in studio. Finally got her to uh, sit down in front of these yeah, microphones. Yeah, weeks in the making, right? Yeah, yeah, we've been trying to get her in here for a while. I mean, she's pretty been, good. Been, been deserving to be in here for three years, so it was, it was great to finally sit down and, and chat. It's a great conversation, so we'll go ahead and give that a listen now. I'm excited to welcome in our next guest into the Get Around Podcast studio, our 2018-19 Girls Basketball Player of the Year from Charlevoix, Elise Stuck. Elise, we've been trying to get you in here for a while. We're, we're glad that you made it. Uh, thanks for making the trip. Yeah, thanks for having me. We've definitely, I mean, it's been a while. We've definitely tried a couple times, but I'm glad <laughs> to be in here finally. We finally uh, don't have weather getting in the way. Yeah, no kidding. It's finally nice out. All right, so... Being our player of the year, I'm curious, do you you view yourself as the best player in northern Michigan like we view you, or how, how do you look at uh, an honor like that? Um, I view myself that way, and I didn't for, I mean, I didn't for a while, like when I was younger, but now I do. Um, just after you see yourself put in so much work, and then you can kind of, like, it all fell into place 
I mean, especially this season and the last two for me. So, yeah, I, I do. Anybody who's seen, seen you play, I think, would agree that as you know, crazy as some of the numbers you put up, you're a pretty selfless player. You get your teammates involved. So how much of coming to that, I guess, realization of who you are as a player was uh, difficult to picture yourself that way just because of how selfless you play? Um, I don't know. I don't picture myself as, like, the best all the – like, I don't like to picture myself as the best because I feel like there's always people that are better and always people that can work hard, but I definitely see – um, how me being able to incorporate everybody else is helpful. And, I mean, I love being able to incorporate everybody. Like, that's a way more fun way to play, I think, personally. Like, being able to give, like, assist your teammates and have them knock down a three or take a charge is just really, and it's super cool. So. so you're kind of the LeBron of Northern Michigan. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you want to put it that way. How how interesting was it? I mean, how or how much of a shock was it? I guess when you were a freshman, and suddenly you started just getting all these recruiting interest from Division One schools, Big Ten schools, knocking on your door after your freshman season. Yeah, so I got my first offer. Like I played AU in the summer, so I actually had my first offer before I started playing high school basketball. So like in oh, July crazy. of my eighth grade summer, and is it was who, who was that? It was Michigan State. Okay. Yeah, so it was super overwhelming for me, like, but it was really cool because a couple of my friends had had offers from, like, Division two colleges, and I was kind of mad. I was like, hey, why don't I have any offers? Like, I, and so I worked super hard, and I was like, you know, just keep, kept working. And then I got, I mean, a couple weeks later, I had an offer from Michigan State, which was unbelievable. Like, I couldn't even process it. I was, like, jumping up and down in my house, freaking out. So when I mean when you're in eighth grade or you or you haven't even started high school basketball yet and that that offer comes, how long did it take you to fully process what what that meant? Yeah, I definitely don't think I understood fully like what it what it meant. It didn't process in my head like at all. I couldn't even believe it. But I think just I always kind of knew because my parent my dad played college basketball, so I always kinda knew like it's kind of something I've wanted to do, but until I had an offer, it just wasn't a realization in my head yet. And he played, like we were talking beforehand, he played at Oakland, mm-hmm. right? So he played Division One ball. So oh. so you you, uh, you get that offer from Michigan State. I think we're kind of, or have been wondering for a while, are, are you, have you made a commitment yet, or are you still waiting, or what's the, where are you in that process? Um, I mean, you still have a whole senior year to go, you, I mean... Junior year still has a season of track left, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have not made any decisions. I'm not committed anywhere. A lot of people, for some reason, think I've committed to Michigan State, and I haven't. I just, I'm just kind of letting it all happen. I'm enjoying it. I probably would have had a better idea if I would have played last summer, but since I had shoulder surgery, I could not play. So I'll play AU this spring and then into the summer and then see what happens from there. So how serious was the was the shoulder injury? Um, I tore my labrum and part of my bicep, so it was six, it was like five and a half months by Ooh. the end of it. Yeah. Shooting arm or not? Yeah, shooting? it was my right arm, so it was my shooting arm. It was awful, but is that good. is that the hardest thing that you've had to deal with in your athletic career so far? For sure, yeah. I couldn't shoot for five months or, like, do anything. I couldn't write with, I couldn't write, like, my math homework for, like, two and a half months, and that was just, like, pretty devastating, but I'm back to 100%, so it's not a big deal anymore, so yeah. What was, how'd, you, how'd you hurt that? It wasn't, like, a super specific, I've always, I always had problems since sophomore year volleyball, and then I slid into the wall, someone, a girl fouled me, and I fell on top of my right shoulder, and then slid into the wall, like, in the back side of the basket, mm-hmm. so that's when it was really bad, so it was, like, the end of sophomore year. So you, you said it was devastating. What was what was your mood like through those five and a half months? How how quickly were you able to shift to a mindset of, I'm just going to do the work it takes to get better versus maybe being kind of down? I was mad for like two weeks. And then I went to therapy and I started seeing improvements in my arm. And then you kind of hit like another dead spot where you're not doing a ton anymore. And you're kind of like, okay, I don't want to go to therapy anymore because it's boring and I'm doing the same exercises every day. But then after a while, 
I realized like I could start doing more with my legs because at the beginning I wasn't allowed to run or do anything because I was in a big sling but then you can start to be able to do little things and I worked on my footwork and strengthening my core and my legs and then it just kind of all piled on top of each other and I ha feel like at least for this season I had a way better base and better footwork than I've ever had before so I know a lot of athletes when they come back from you know a relatively major injury like that they say that that time off kind of made them rediscover their love of the game or they realize how much they missed it like you said you weren't shooting did you did you have a moment like that where it almost re-energized you yeah I couldn't even like really fathom what it was going to be like to not shoot for five like five months because I mean sometimes you don't want to go in and work out by yourself like at night after you already went to whatever other practice but like the only thing I wanted to do was be in the gym and I couldn't and I think I mean it definitely sucked but <laughs> it made me like realize like it's not like I kind of took it for granted a little bit but now I don't like now I'm 100% in all the time. Were you ready for the opener this year? Or did you miss the opener? No, I got cleared at the end of August. I mean, how, how quickly did you feel once you started getting into game action that you were, you were back? Um, I think before, before the season started, my, um, my shooting and my ball handling was pretty okay. But my like, mental rhythm of the game and my IQ just wasn't fast, wasn't quick, as quick as it used to be. Like I felt slow, but not necessarily in my feet. But it only took a couple games and then you get back into it because, I mean, it's not super fast, so, yeah. I know everybody thinks of you as a basketball player first, but how, how tough was it to miss the entire season of volleyball because of the surgery? Um, I, okay, I actually chose not to play volleyball because okay. I didn't, I could have, but it just was too close to my shoulder deadline, and it's not advised. Like, my surgeon did not advise me to play volleyball because of mm -hmm. what probably tore it was swinging, and, like, that probably didn't help it. And then when I went and played basketball, I hurt it more. But, so, I mean, it definitely wasn't great. Um, basketball is definitely my first love, but volleyball is fun, too, and it was hard not to play. It was hard not to do it was hard to play a different sport. Like, it was hard to run cross-country because I was awful and I'm not exactly, <laughs> like, built to run cross-country. I'm 6'1", and it's just not my sport, but... What ended up being your best time? Uh, like, 23. Like, not fast at all. But, but, I mean, were you happy with that? I mean, doing something that you've never really done before, what, I mean, what did, what did a cross-country season provide you? Oh, a ton of, like mental that is so mentally tough to run cross country like to put your to tell yourself you have to run that far and you're literally dying and you have to keep going is like something you don't really find in very many other sports and it's also like a team sport and a lot of people don't see it that way but you really like work you push each other every single day more than most sports I think so do you have a hard decision this coming fall cross country or volleyball or have you made your decision on that already um I'm not really sure what I'm gonna do yet and I might not do anything I might just work out but I'm not sure yet okay I don't, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> having the cross country season did you ever get tired on the floor this year in, um, in basketball actually yeah it's kind of a different it's a different feel for sure um I thought I'd be super in shape but after the first basketball practice, like, my hips and my legs were so sore from moving back and forth. But your stamina is definitely there. It's yeah, there's just, no lateral movement in cross country. No, nothing. <laughs> it's a straight line. Well, so anybody who follows basketball in northern Michigan more or less knows who you are as a basketball player. Even though you didn't win this award the last two years, you were among our favorites to win it. Uh, you've been on the dream team since your freshman year, but who, how would you describe yourself off the floor or introduce yourself to people? You know, who, who's Elise when she's not playing basketball? Um, I mean, I just like to think of myself as like kind of energetic and funny. I think I have a good sense of humor. Hopefully that comes across <laughs> to people. I don't know. But, um, I don't know. I just like to be kind of like open and 
I don't know, fun to be around. Like, that's something I enjoy. And I like hanging out with my friends and doing pretty much normal teenage things instead. Going to movies, going bowling, doing, going, getting ice cream. I love getting ice cream. Mm. But, yeah. So what, what, what's, uh... What kind of humor is your your favorite? Is it like sarcastic? Okay, hundred percent. That's like my favorite. I don't know. Yeah, because I was I've I had some people from Charlotte tell me that you were very serious, <laughs> a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what what does you do to kind of let go? I mean, how do you how do, how do you are you sarcastic with people a lot, or do you just appreciate other people's sarcasm? Um, <laughs> I think both. I always love people who can give my sarcasm back to me. I think that's really funny and enjoyable. So let's talk about uh, this last season that you guys had. Uh, conference champs undefeated in the Lake Michigan Conference. Uh, district champs. Um, I mean, obviously, I know you guys had eyes on a, on a Final Four bid, uh, which ultimately didn't happen. Uh, you guys had to go up to the Sioux uh, in regional play. But, I mean, as a whole, how do you, how do you feel about the year that you guys had? Um, I think it went really well. Um, coming in with a group of girls that haven't, played together. I mean, we started two transfers, um, two girls that have been there and a freshman, and I think we played pretty well throughout the year just getting to know each other better because we really didn't know each other that well outside of, I mean, the little bit of school we've had together, but um, I think we gelled pretty well, um, kind of grew as a team, learned what people can do and what they can't do, and everyone filled the role pretty, I mean, I think great. On the season, you averaged 21 points, 10.2 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 2.2 steals, and two blocks per game. You mentioned those two transfers, one Addie Nagel, right? Mm -hmm. And who was the other? Emma Lemerant. Okay, right. So both key contributors uh, for the Raiders this year. What, I mean, what's, what, what is that like when you've got, you know, usually the new faces are freshmen coming in mm -hmm. or kids coming up from the JV, but here's girls you didn't even go to school with. Uh, what what did they inject into the team? And sort of as a second part to that question, like I remember seeing you play a year ago, and you kind of had to be the primary ball handler, but I think Addie uh, yeah. in particular was sort of able to alleviate that pressure for you a little bit because she's a good ball handler. So how, how did that all work together? Um, Addie was definitely a leader on the floor. She brought the point guard mentality that we lacked last year and we have lacked since I've been on the team um, just because... I'm not truly a point guard, and um, Emma brought insane defensive intensity every single game, so it was something we didn't have for sure, and they both have great IQs. Like, they know exactly what's happening on the floor all the time and can make Emma's a great passer, Addie's a great passer, so, yeah. So, I mean, I thought you made it look last year like you could be a point guard, but that's not your preference. So not having to play it, how does that? How did that benefit your individual game this year, not having to worry about bringing the ball up the floor all the time? Um, I think it helped me because a lot of times when I am the point guard, I get doubled up the floor or someone's on me all the time. And being able to set up into what we want to run and have Addie be able to take control of the floor is extremely helpful because it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off of me all the time. So it puts, peop it puts the other team's eyes somewhere else. Given that experience that you had playing, you know, bringing the ball up court, playing kind of a point forward, maybe, if you will, uh, what kind of role do the college teams kind of seem to be looking at you for um, at the college level? A 2-3. So not a point guard, not a true point guard, but mm -hmm. being able to handle the ball. Now, when you came in as a freshman, uh, Liz Shaw has been your coach all three years so far. Were you aware of her history as an individual player at Charlevoix and, you know, the records she had set and maybe that someday you would break some of your coach's own records? Kind of. I really didn't know that she had, like, all of them. Like, she has a <laughs> lot of the records. I don't even know what all the records are. But I knew that she was a really great player for Charlevoix and that she had a lot of points and that she scored a lot um, for some for a couple games, but she never told me when I when I was close to breaking stuff. Like she never told me what her um, records were, so I just kind of never thought anything of it. And then 
after games, she'd be like, hey, you just broke your own record, or you broke you broke the scoring record, or, and I was like, oh, sweet, like, hey, I didn't know, but it's really cool. So she she had a, what, I think her her single game scoring record was 43 points. You've now eclipsed that at least twice, I believe. Yeah, I had 43. And or 40. she had 42. She had, someone had 41. Okay, maybe some, something like that. I don't like know that. if it was her, actually, but I don't know. For sure, it was somebody. In any case, the I mean, multiple forty-point games. I mean, that's crazy in high school basketball. What What are nights like those like for you? Um, they're normally man-to-man matchups without some crappy defense, like a box and one or a triangle and two or something like that. And I shoot really well. I shot the prop, the best I shot all season in Gaylord this year, and. They're normally, I mean, it was a close game. It wasn't like it was 80 to 20 or anything crazy like that. Like, it was very, I think it was like, it was 40-something to like 48. or I mean, it was close, so that's normally when they happen. I mean, that's got to be more fun, right? I mean, then, you know, then to score 40 in a, in a blowout, to, yeah, but to score 40 in a... Yeah, it's more rewarding, for sure, yeah. How frustrating is, is it when you see those, those gimmick defenses that teams try to play against you sometimes? Um, it used to be more frustrating. Now I don't really mind it because I see it all the time, and you kind of just get used to it, and your team gets used to it. So really it's kind of it's fine because we can all get used to one thing that most teams play. Any, any defenders in particular ever try to play mental games with you on the floor? Or they you know act super tough like they're going to shut you down before the game starts or anything like that? Um, some, yeah, but I don't really mind. I think it's part of the game. I think it's kind of funny and entertaining, so. What's, what's the funniest thing someone said to you or, or something that they've done? Um, people blow on me sometimes. Like, that's weird. Like, I don't know. like Lance Stevenson on LeBron yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, like that. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> I just get a lot of, like, grabbing and, like, a lot of, like, two hands grabbing my jersey and some push-offs, but, I mean, it all comes with the game. So. Who 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 in the area has been able to guard you the best? Um, Probably not a whole lot of people, but I mean, <laughs> who's think, given it the best go? I think, well, last year, Glen Lake, regional finals. Allie. Yeah, she did a great job. Bonzalette. Yeah, we just struggled so hard in that game. But then um, Elk Rapids probably does the best job. Just Kendall Brown. Yeah, and Drew. She and does Cliff. a good job. They're just tough and... They're pretty relentless. Uh, so uh, what is it in the band you play? I play bass drum in the marching band and bass clarinet in the concert band. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're going to play college basketball and do college band? No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I don't think That's that works lot. out. Yeah. How cool is it that you guys have a, uh, a mascot that is so unique in that nobody spells Raiders that way? <laughs> I believe it's the only team in the country. Yeah. That has the spelling that way, uh, you know, in the, in the history of the name. Is that, is that something that's very well known among the athletes or promoted well in the, in the school? Um, yeah, I think it's pr- promoted pretty well. And our football, our football field is named after Ray Kipke, so mm-hmm. I think even, like, when you go to games when you're little, you know, like, oh, that's where Raiders comes from, and then it just kind of builds off of that. But Do you have to explain it to a lot of people not in Charlevoix? yeah. <laughs> We have to explain that and how to spell Charlevoix and say it. People don't get it. And I'm like, all right. What's the best, worst pronunciation of Charlevoix that you've heard? Charlevox. It's like, mm. or like, I don't know. That's probably really bad. I don't like that one. <laughs> but, yeah. Or people that say, like, you can't spell Raiders that way. I'm like, uh, that's, I don't know. Like, that's not my call. It's just how it is. Sorry. James likened you to LeBron James earlier in this podcast, but who, what player, you know, WNBA, NBA, who, who inspires you? Who do you look up to? Who do you model your game after? Um, Sue Bird and really, um, yeah, I really like her. She does a lot of cool things. She's pretty, like, fundamental and plays really strong, isn't super big, so, yeah, I think that's... Have you ever had the chance to see her play? No, I haven't. I mean, on TV tons of times, but... I did actually get to see her play once. Yeah. We were just on a family trip in San Antonio, and I think she was playing for Seattle at the time, and they visited, and we went to a WNBA game, so that was cool. Huh. That's sweet. So looking ahead to your senior year of basketball, 
I mean, I listed off your numbers a little while ago. Uh, what, what are the goals that you have set for yourself? What are you most trying to improve on in your last season of prep basketball? Trying to become more like a guard, um, prep, mostly like prep for college, try to, but also like enjoy the moment, be, um, I definitely want to be more of a point guard. I need to shoot better. I need to have better handles, but as a team, I think we all know we want a regional title. Um, we're 0-3, so we have one more shot, most of us. I mean, most of our team will be juniors next year. I mean, seniors next year. Well, so. Is that kind of crazy to think about that, I mean, you're already going to be heading into your fourth varsity season? Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I still feel like I stepped on the court against Petoskey my freshman year, like, not that long ago. It doesn't feel like as long as it has been and just I've played with so many different people and you really don't think about it until you're kind of towards the end and you're like all right I got one more season with one more group of girls and most of us are graduating so it's a pretty big season all right it's time to get into the freaky fast five a nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's I think James has a few questions uh, prepared for Elise I'm not sure what they are yet (laughs) so I'm just gonna let him fire away go ahead James all right if you were challenged to a duel, what weapon would you choose? Um, a sword. Okay. Any particular reason why? Uh, no. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> do, you, do you have any experience with a sword? <laughs> Absolutely not. No? Okay. Uh, what is something that many people take seriously, but they shouldn't? Um, that's a hard question. Wait. I think, okay, I think grades, but I think you should take grades kind of seri- like pretty seriously, but not like to the point where you're going insane trying to fix things and be perfect. Okay. Uh, what has most changed about you in high school? The way I kind of look at everything. Like I feel like I'm a little, I'm a lot more like lighthearted and I kind of am just a little more not as stressed out. I was really stressed out when I was younger about like grades and basketball <laughs> and stuff, so... Yeah. Okay, so you're hosting a party, and you have to invite three famous people. Who would you choose and why? Okay. Chris Hemsworth, because I like the Avengers a lot, and he's cool. Miley Cyrus, because I loved her when I was little, and I always wanted to meet her. And Sue Bird, because I've always wanted to meet Sue Bird. She's really cool. Okay. All right, James, I'm going to interject here before you jump on to the next one since we're less than two weeks away from Avengers Endgame and <laughs> she just brought it up. I, I mean, are you going full Comic-Con for the premiere? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but how excited are you for it? Oh, I'm pumped. I love it. I love um, that kind of movie, and I've kind of followed. My brother Caleb and I follow the Avengers and Marvel Marvel stuff, so... I'm excited. He's pumped. What, what's your theory of how they beat Thanos? Oh, <laughs> if they I beat know. Thanos. If, oh, I you know. know they have to. Yeah. They have to keep the franchise. Um, I don't know. I think Tony Stark's going to pull something. Some weird thing's going to happen. He's going to build something. It's kind of like Ultron, but not. That's all I got. I don't know. I heard somebody saying the other day that they, they think that um, Ant-Man should just shrink down and then go, like, uh, fly into Thanos's ear and then <laughs> <laughs> go to full size. <laughs> Just explode him from the inside out. That's not a bad plan. Sure. <laughs> no. Okay, go ahead, Jamie. All right, last question. Uh, what is your nickname on the team, and who else has the who has the best nicknames among the team players? Um, my nickname's just E, but. Addie probably has the best one. She's Nagel Bagel serving up breakfast. We have so, and then everybody else is just like their name and then dog after it because we called Taylor T Dog and then we just started calling everybody like Lem Dog and Walk Dog and that's kind of just what happened. We're going to have to get Addie on the podcast next year so that she can sign Nagel Bagel serving up breakfast yeah, on the big board. Yeah, she will. <laughs> she totally would. She's great. That's five. All right. That wraps up this interview on episode 76 of the Get Around Podcast with our 2018-19 Girls Basketball Player of the Year, Elise Stuck. Elise, it's been awesome having you here. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. 
A big thank you to Charlevoix's Elise Stuck, our 2018-19 Girls Basketball Player of the Year, for joining the Get Around Podcast studio. You know, it's not a short drive from Charlevoix to Traverse City, especially on a school day, and she's running track and doing all this stuff. So we really appreciate her being that's, able to join us. And that's going to be our the farthest we've had a guest come, I think, so far on the on the show. Come from, a, you know, Charlevoix is a good hour drive, which is part of the reason why she wasn't able to to get here a couple other times when we had tried to schedule her uh, during the is winter it, when the when the weather least, was a little more hairy. That conversation brought to you by Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. All right, I I've enjoyed this uh, I've enjoyed this segment, the F Tweet of the Week segment that we've been doing for the last three or four weeks here, and I know James has a quality entry this week uh, that includes a current area coach and a former area player and on top of it they're related so it's just and, good and they're both and they're both funny i do wish we had a little more background on the story but uh but, it, but it's good yeah we yeah, I, I, yeah i wish there was more on this story but uh, yeah so cam gibbons former traverse city central hockey player current uh, assistant coach over at alpina uh it says whoever thought it'd be funny to put a live crab in the pool you are a terrible person hashtag almost lost a toe and then his dad, Chris Givens, Traverse City Central varsity hockey coach, says, uh, great job getting him out. I gave you an eight. I would have given you a nine if you hadn't screamed. <laughs> and for any of those you don't know, Chris Givens has an awesome sense of humor. On, pretty on pretty social great media. social media. Yeah, he's, he's a must-follow. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm, he's apparently a tough grader, too, because if, if Cam didn't scream, he was only going to get a nine. So I wonder what he had to do to get a ten in that case. No, it had to have been something pretty slick. Probably going go to a coma, <laughs> something. You know, he had to lose his toe. To average the things that crabs do to people. Yeah, he he had to lose the toe and get the crab out and not scream, and not be crabby about it. Take that, James. Terrible pun of the week brought to you by Jimmy Johns. <laughs> All right, get around Hall of Fame time. And we had some spring sports. I can't believe it. It's only, what is it, April 8th? We had local spring sports. That blows well, it's my like mind. 60 degrees it's never out. Happened. It's fantastic. It I is. wish I would have golfed this weekend. So our winter retroactive season is over. I mean, barring... Unless, unless we get some kind of whiz. Barring a blizzard. Barring a blizzard. But so we've got three fresh faces uh, to put up this week. And I'll let James go ahead and start since I think he saw this performance uh, before either of the other two had even happened. I'm going to put up uh, Trevor City St. Francis lacrosse player Henry Carroll. Uh, he had six goals and an assist in a 15-5 to win over Cadillac. That was their, their second game of the season. Um, and I asked him after the game, I was like, so how many goals did you have in the first game? Because I know they won that one. They scored quite a bit in that one. He's like, I didn't have any. Not only I had four assists, but I didn't have any goals. So he made up for, for lost time there with six goals, and I think he had like three or four of those in the first quarter. I think by the time the game was 4 nothing, he had a hat trick. So he he just came out firing in there. And he was just kind of unstoppable. They just couldn't keep him out of the box. And he was just charging it's in. He's a big kid. And, yeah, and uh, just charging in there, getting in you know, like close to the net, and then just firing off some shots. Harrison, you you kind of see that with the cross, though. The hot hand uh, in certain games will rack up the stats to the point where it almost seems video game. You know, all those lacrosse video games everybody plays. Uh, going to softball, Matty Alger, Traverse City Central. Five for seven, four runs, four RBIs, and a pair of wins over Traverse City. St. Francis over right there by Thurlby Field as well, right right down the right down the alleyway those there. Those games are almost the exact same time. Yep, so that's my nod. And I will submit the name of Jalen Dobrovolsky, Traverse City West forward, uh, soccer player. She scored four goals and had two assists in a 6-1 to one win over Harbor Springs on Saturday. She had a, a hand or a foot, I suppose, in every point. Yeah, if she had a hand, game. they'd be taken away. <laughs> oh, boy. So that's a, that's a pretty incredible beginning to the season for her uh, and for T.C. West. I mean, obviously Harbor Springs is a smaller school, but they generally have a very 
a quality girls' soccer program. It's big for your dad, Chris, too, right? You guys know Chris. Yeah, the former Record Eagle sports reporter. The very same. Pretty sure I'm familiar with him. Yeah, I've I, met him. I actually texted him after I got the, the call or the email from West Soccer because I see him at the Y all the time. And most days, Jalen is with him, and I was just telling him that those extra sessions at the Y definitely paid off. paid off. I figured you meant that was him telling you the results because, you know, parents like to inflate the stats of their kids. Like, oh, yeah, she had, you know, four goals, two assists, and it was great. I, I don't think Chris has ever done that in his entire Probably life. Probably not. But no. for a side story real quick, Denzel Valentine at Michigan State, when he was playing in the Lansing area, his dad used to call when I was at the State Journal, and uh, I'd take the phone call. He's like, Denzel Valentine, 25 points, 13 rebounds, and I'd hang up, and my buddy would be like, how many... St- Rebounds, he said, at 13. He's like, dude had seven. <laughs> so <laughs> some parents out there will uh, will stretch the uh, the truths of the statistical box score. Now, we've had Jalen on the podcast before, and I think I mentioned it then, but, you know, when Chris was still working here with us and before Jalen even got to high school, you know, Chris would talk about the weekend tournaments and whatever that he had, yeah, they were that busy. He had to do with her. But, uh-huh. you know, I'd ask her, so, like, or I'd ask him, is is Jalen pretty good at soccer? And he'd just be like, Yeah, she's she's all right. She's you know, she works hard. She'll make the she'll make varsity. <laughs> and then she comes in and I think she wound up on her dream team as a freshman. She set like, the like BNC scoring yeah, record yeah, as a freshman. And I I was like, Chris, I think you were um underplaying that. Uh, uh, yeah. So he's yeah. the exact opposite of Denzel Valentine's dad. Correct. So, uh we'll vote away. What do you got, Brett? I'm gonna vote for my own candidate and See if we can't get Jalen in here on the very first spring version of the Get Around Hall of Fame. Okay, James. Yeah, sure. I'll go with Jalen. It's four goals in a soccer game. Goals are harder to come by in a soccer game than I guess in lacrosse. Uh, I mean, six is impressive, but four and two assists. Yeah. And, and I don't want everything. I don't want to jinx it because I have a text out to her waiting to respond to be on the Jimmy John Sports Corner later this week. But I will also vote Jalen. I feel like I hear two different pronunciations for the last name. I've heard her say Dobrovolsky. I've heard Chris say Dobrovolsky. But uh, we'll just go Jalen, JB. We just call her Dobbs. Dobbs, yeah. Yeah. Dobbs. I don't know if that sticks. A dub for Dobbs today in the Get Around Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Jalen, on your induction to the Get Around Podcast Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan, and that most recent induction to the Hall of Fame brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. Yep, there's only two. Jimmy John's spends hours every day slicing and baking and you weeks. fresh bread and fresh meats. You know, it's something like that. I don't have the sheet right They're in front of me, so I, I know I'm close. Day. But I do know that it's like freaky, fresh, freaky, fast, Jimmy John's, freaky, yeah, something like that. Or maybe without the Jimmy John's. In any case, that it was something. It was close. They're there. They're, they're hard at work, working on all the subs, 1 through 10. Right, so we're going to round off this episode, episode 76 of the Get Around, with our favorite pro sports feud. And we talked about this at the top a little bit, but just uh, because of the public feuding going on, uh, you know, whether directly or indirectly, uh, in the cases of Antonio Brown uh, and Juju Smith Schuster of the Steelers, or. So, Aaron what Rogers were they arguing about? Because I don't follow anything NFL from the Super Bowl to the opening week. So, what was this about? Well, according to Smith-Schuster, basically Antonio Brown just came out of the blue and just started bashing him on Twitter, saying that like he cost them a playoff game that the uh, this last year. That Schuster accused Brown of costing them a playoff game? No, that Brown said Schuster did. Oh. You know, when, of course, you had Brown not showing up and then not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but not important. Just wanted to use that as a little background as to why we're talking about our favorite Feuds and sports. Harrison, you're going to lead it off. I guess I am with that tone. <laughs> um, I, I felt like this was the most enjoyable feud all, all year for the NBA. If you're a Piston fan, uh, Andre Drummond and Joel Embiid clearly do not get along. And Joel Embiid uh, called him out on Twitter several times about being too soft when they play against each other. And so as a result, I'm, I'm very... Mother Goose protecting of my piston baby birds and be like, get out of here, Joel B. Leave my guys alone. Like, I just get... But you know what? It, it works because Drummond is uh, not himself when they go up against the 76ers. And I was kind of thinking a week ago, you know, good or bad, it was lining up to potentially be piston Sixers in the first round of the playoffs here. But a lot's changed in this 
terrible bottom of the Eastern Conference playoff race since then, and it looks like right now if the Pistons do get in, they're going to face a Bucks team that's beat them every time out this year. So I don't think there's any rivalry between Drummond and Antetokounmpo, but correct me if I'm wrong, I do not like Joel Embiid. I, I'll defend Andre <laughs> Drummond, so they're a little Twitter beat. I, I'll admit Joel Embiid's won the battle so far, but if we get a playoff series with them, it'll be very personal for me because I do not want that guy to beat my team. I'm sure I'm forgetting, you know, something hockey or baseball related where fights are almost as prevalent or more prevalent than any other sport outside of boxing. Uh, but I guess I'm going to go to the NBA as well and go back a little bit and just remember the the, the piston posse uh, pacer brawl. No, well, not no, not that. But the Malice uh, in the Palace. I was just thinking of the uh, interteam in, inter- feuding of uh, the Lakers back in the day, Shaq and Kobe, going back and forth. Oh, I thought you were going to be like Kobe and uh, the dude who's on Brooklyn right now. Why am I blanking? D'Angelo Russell? Yeah, Russell. No. Uh, but, yeah, just, I mean, those two guys, I mean, really before the heyday of social media, those those two guys were already master trollers. Uh, <laughs> of well, one, Shaq of did that, another. like, song about him. Yeah, the, yeah, the diss track. Yeah. Uh, I think he might have done more than one, but <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, just by the end, it was clear that they hated each other. And I like now that they seemingly have made up, and they're you know they they've let bygones be bygones, and they're friendly again, which is cool. And yeah, there was definitely deep rooted issues between those two that even Phil Jackson couldn't clear up. So yeah, when the Zen Master came, I also love how Phil Jackson something. wrote a book saying he'd never coach Kobe Bryant again, and then what did he do later? He coached Kobe Bryant again. That was the selling point of the book. Once the book was sold, it and then didn't he matter. sold out. <laughs> All right, James. Uh, I I would have to say that the biggest sports feud, at least of like the last fifty so years, is Detroit Lions versus wins or success. Uh, <laughs> but the, the 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 Packers thing that just came out is is really interesting. I mean, and and as you said, you know, you got to kind of take it with a bit of a grain of salt, um, being that Bleacher Report doesn't have the best reputation out there although the guy is an NFL former NFL beat reporter and uh and the couple of couple of the players that are quoted most often in the story are players who have a, a history of ripping on the Packers but I just found the whole story interesting I mean I think it, it is a long long yes. read and I read it all uh one point that someone I follow on social media made uh that I hadn't completely considered this specific angle to it but he said okay you quoted Dewan Harris, who anybody who's listening is probably going, who the hell is Dewan Harris? Okay, so he's one of your attributed sources in the story. A backup running back, yeah. And yet then in the same <clears throat> breath, the author somehow has details of a private conversation between team president Mark Murphy and quarterback Aaron Rodgers and Murphy telling Rodgers, don't be the problem with new coach Matt LaFleur. So that is kind of a, uh, you know... Okay, Dewan Harris inside the room or the private phone call of uh, Murphy and Rogers. Eh. It was interesting, though. It was very interesting. It's no Spygate, but it's up there. Yeah, but you got, but you got a little bit to, to link it to Spygate. You've got another massage element with the Robert Kraft. <laughs> That's great. Different kind of different massage, but uh, you know the the thing where they <laughs> who was it that said that. That McCarthy would disappear oh, that from... Was, that was an unnamed player, yeah. Apparently McCarthy was, was having assistant coaches conduct... Uh, meetings. Walkthroughs walk and meetings before games so he could have private massages up in his office. With this masseuse, hey. he would sneak in. Head coaching in the NFL is a very tough job. Those guys need a timeout just <laughs> I like... I kind of wondered do. about that, though, too, and they said that he had to sneak the, masse- uh, the masseuse in the back, in the in a different part of it. I'm like... Why? Why would he have to? He's the head coach. Be like, this was all. Yeah, this my masseuse is here. Article? Correct. Yeah. What he, kind of he, insider sources does this guy have? He vehemently denied the, those reports. McCarthy did about the massage, but that was pretty much about the only part that I saw him. Yeah. Straight up deny. Nine. The only specific that he straight up denied was the massage part. Which was clearly the most important part. If you're, I mean, if you're looking for a dramatic read. You know whether it's half true, all true, completely bogus. It, it's interesting. Uh, you can find that yeah on on Bleacher Report. 
Before we wrap this up, uh, like a Jimmy John's sandwich in that fancy wrapping paper. We it's wanna, always easy to take off because you're so hungry. We want to get you fed. And uh, for interacting with this podcast last week on our boys basketball all-region special, Amy Solani is the winner of two Jimmy John sandwiches. So we'll uh, reach out to Amy and get her those two coupons in the mail. Thank you for listening. Mom to Trevor. Yes. And sister of Ryan Hiller. Wow. Where was Trevor on the uh, second, all, second, second team? team? He was on the second team. Two sandwiches for a second team? That's a pretty good deal. So please uh, continue, continue to listen and interact with our show. We really enjoy it. Uh, we like putting this show on for you. We like to hear what you think. So you can find me on Twitter at BA Sports Writer, James at James Cook 14, and Harrison at Harrison BB. Whatever you do, don't ask us about the Virginia Auburn finish. It's over, it's done with. We're not, we're, we're not concerned about it anymore. This has been episode 76 of the Get Around Podcast. Have a good one. Yeah.